Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. And today, we're finishing, and I don't have my book sleeve on it, As Good as Dead by Holly Jackson. We're finally finishing it, part three, chapters 37 through 55. Okay, so like I'm going to take a minute for you to pause. If you have not listened to the first two parts or read this book, stop now and go back because it's about to be like major, major spoilers. But here we go. Summary of the last two, which is like not really a summary, but long story short, Jason Bell is DTK and he abducts slash captures Pip and she escapes his capturing and murders him with a hammer. And then she gets everyone she knows involved, including like Kara, her sister, the brothers from the last book, Robbie, like she just, I don't know, is an idiot. They're going to try to frame Max for the murder, I guess. And she's currently hiding in Max's closet because they're going to try to drug him. And then things to look forward to is honestly just the end of the series because we've been working on it forever. Okay, so... Let's just dive in because who cares? But I will like, just so you know, I will be ranting a lot because there's a lot of things that annoy me about this book. Okay. Chapter 37. The end of last chapter, Max is like standing outside the door that Pip is hiding in and he like doesn't find her, spoiler alert, and he ends up going in the kitchen and he gets like a bag of green beans for his eye because Nat punched him in the face. Which that's confirmed later, but like we kind of already knew. And it's like a super stressful 20 minutes. I'm going to like reiterate this like 50,000 times, but like go read this book because there's like a lot I can't cover about how Pip is like super stressed out about stuff, how she hears the gunshots, how she hear or feels like the blood on her hands from um, what's his face? Child Brunswick. What the heck is his real name? Trashcan Stanley. She like feels his blood on her hand. She's wiping that off the whole time. It's a lot to explain. But anyway, so super stressful. 20 minutes, but Max does pass out from the roofie that she put in his stupid water bottle, but she's like still sneaking around because she's nervous that he's not unconscious. So she takes a phone and she gives it to Connor and the his brother and give them like strict instructions like go to green scene, take back roads, leave it behind this rock, don't go through the gate, have your phones off, etc, etc. Then they're going to go to like a late night Marvel movie festival thing for their alibi. And then Nat's going to go get dropped off at her brother's house, who's the police officer, Daniel. And this is like the part where she says she punched Max in the face. So like we know she for sure did. And then Pip's like, well, that will help because it'll seem like it was an altercation between Max and Jason. We'll get into all this, like how none of this makes sense, but we'll get into that later. Like I just kind of have a note that says Max is going to remember Nat punching him in the face. Like... He wasn't roofied or anything, but anyways. So Pip goes back inside and she goes into Max's bedroom and she does mention that he has like that picture of Andy hidden behind the whatever on the bulletin board from the last book, but, or maybe that was from the first book. I can't remember. But anyway, she's like, I can't move that or he'll know it's me, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? So she like goes through his dirty clothes, grabs a hoodie, and then she goes through his closet and finds a pair of shoes with a unique tread on the bottom. And then she grabs like a baseball cap of his. Then she goes downstairs, she plucks a few blonde hairs from his head, puts them in a Ziploc baggie. She's like wearing gloves, obviously. And then she takes his car keys and just throws them in the seat of his car. We'll get to that later. And then she leaves to go set up her alibi. Chapter 38. So Pip goes to Kara's house and Kara obviously can tell something's wrong. And 
Not to mention her face and her hair and everything's all messed up from having the duct tape wrapped around it. But anyway, Pip's like thinking that Kara would have been alone, but then she hears talking and she's like, oh crap, is this Kara's girlfriend that never comes up in the books? No, it's Naomi because we got to bring everything full circle. So they're like, what's going on? And Pip's like, I can't tell you. It can never tell you. Whatever. So then during this, Pip's phone rings. It's Connor. And she, and she But she doesn't say his name. He, she doesn't want Kara to know like who else is involved. So he's like, whatever. We place the phone. Like, no problems. And then he, Pip's like, okay, bye. Like, we can never talk about this again. So then Pip immediately is like, Kara, can I use your landline? Which there's a lot of landlines using this, considering I'm pretty sure it's like present day or like 2019. Like, who the heck has landline? I haven't had a landline in my house since I was in college, which I know is like super dating me. But like, if you have a landline in your house, I need to know because no one still has a landline in their house. Anywho, she uses Cara's landline. She calls Max's lawyer Epps. It's like 930 at night, I think. They state later. That's another thing. Like, read the book. It talks about the timeline. Like, all you need to know is like she's trying to change the time of death and then put an alibi over what the new time of death is. We'll get into that later on. But she calls Max's lawyer Epps and she's like, okay, I'm going to accept the, I've thought about it. I'm going to accept the deal. It's $7,000 and a public apology recanting the fabricated, heavy quotes on that, lies about Max she made about the rape allegations and stuff. So Epps is kind of like, what the heck? But she's like, well, you told me to call it any time and like, whatever. I thought it over, like not sus at all. So then she says like, oh, I guess you're going to call Max now and tell him about the good news. Like that's super sus too, but whatever. She does it. And he's like, yeah, of course. Bye. So then uh, she gets off the phone and Kara's like, WTF are you doing? Like, the, why are you accepting this and saying you lied? So Pip's like, something happened. I'm in trouble, but I can fix it. Just help me. And Naomi's like, if it has to do with Max, like we're in. And then Pip's like, not confirming or denying that it has to do with Max. But she's just like, we just need to hang out for a few hours. And Kara's like, oh, an alibi. And Pip's just like, you never have to lie. Like, this is what time I was here. We're going to Mickey D's. So that's McDonald's. I don't know if that's like slang that people know. (laughs) We'll get into the McDonald's thing in a minute. Chapter 39. So my first note is the next few parts are so long and so detailed. So like yet again, I highly recommend reading it for yourself because I'm just going to like skim it and give us what we need to know. So the car ride is super awkward because obviously they don't know what to talk about. They pull up to the service plaza off the highway that has like a McDonald's. Okay, that seems so sus to me. Like why? I don't this town is weird but like you would think they have a mcdonald's even my tiny small town had a mcdonald's like why are you going to the one at the service plaza also like i get that they're probably not 24 7 anymore but when i was young like everywhere was 24 7 and then we had covid anywho so pip's describing the mcdonald's and like the 90s kid in me almost died of confusion. So she's like, yeah, the big yellow M or whatever. And then she's like, we pull up to this huge gray and white building. And I'm like, gray and white? McDonald's are gray and white? They're red and yellow. What the heck are you talking about? And then I'm like realizing that they've been gray and white probably for at least 10 years. Like, what is wrong with me? So anyways, they go inside and Pip makes sure like the camera picks up her face constantly. Like, hi, I'm looking straight at you for when you check my alibi because that's not suspicious at all. And she orders her food, pays with her card because obviously cards are tracked and not cash. Also, no one carries cash anymore. And she's trying to act natural 
but I don't think she's doing a very good job, but that's neither here nor there. It's not for me to decide. That's for the author to decide. Anyways, so Kara's like, if someone hurt you, we will kill them. By the way, what's wrong with your face? And Pip's like, yeah, we are not going to talk about that. You're helping right now. Let's do like some BS, like small talk or whatever. So they do that. And then Pip's like, we should take a bunch of pictures and videos for the metadata to track us, which is like, I get it, but like case of the try too hards, right? So Pip's like taking a bunch of picture well they they all well pip lost her phone so like they're doing it naomi and kara and she's like naomi pretend to look at your lock screen and it has the time just like in the first book because that's not obvious at all and that's how we solved it before so she's like tilting her phone so it has like the time like hello who takes a picture like this hi look it's 1204 while i'm recording this so anyway Kara also takes a video, it's like slowly zooming in on Pip's face, and it's like, so wouldn't you see all the damage from the duct tape on her face? Definitely gonna get more into that later, but like, that's something that super annoys me. Like, they mentioned several times that like, he duct taped her entire face, so I don't know if you've ever seen anyone that's had duct tape or whatever. Your face is red, it is raw, your hair is messed up, like, it is going to hurt and it is going to leave marks, but anyway, we're still gonna do this. So then... (laughs) I have then Pip gets up and throws up apparently really she's just like stressed out and the food's like not sitting well so she like runs to the bathroom and then she tells this lady in the bathroom that she drank too much she's like too many Jaeger bombs am I right or something stupid anyway so they get two McFlurries to go Pip uses her card again she tells them like any flavor which that's really suspicious what flavor did you have I don't know I said any flavor no one says that especially when you're going up and getting like food for your friends are going to be like my favorite's the m&m one (sighs) i'm going to be ranting for the next hour so like i really hope you're not like (laughs) i don't know driving down the highway so pip drops them off and is like we're never going to talk about this again okay thanks bye time for phase two chapter 40 so pip comes home and her mom's waiting up for her bed and pip's like good night and like i don't know if i mentioned this but they're all going to Adventureland in the morning i guess they like promise the little brother whatever whatever so pip just waits for her parents to fall asleep watch the night light go out whatever whatever so she sneaks out no consequence there she skips the squeaky step on her stair we go over that a thousand times pip goes to meet robbie on the corner of her street and max's street like the intersection and he's like everything went well on my end with my cousin my alibi etc etc so then robbie robbie is in max's car that's why she left the keys in the passenger seat or whatever and they're gonna take it to green scene where jason's body is so they take the back roads out there chapter 41 pip grabs max's phone from the baggie behind the rock whatever whatever that the connor and his brother hid and sees that the lawyer tried to call and his parents tried to call. They were missed calls, blah, blah, blah. But this will, like, put the location at whatever time at Green Scene. So he's there killing Jason or whatever, whatever. So they check on Jason's body and it's freezing in the car. Don't even get me started about that. Like, I... It's hard for me to believe that you can get air conditioning in a car down low enough to do this. But whatever. We're just gonna, for the sake of the book, go with it. So the rigor mortis is only on the top part of the body, which is good, and the skin's still blanchable. They go into this like majorly in the book, explain why they're delaying, how they're delaying the decomposure of the body and changing the time of death. It all makes sense in the book. I'm not going to get too much into it. You're just going to have to trust me or go read it yourself. So anyways, they turn the car to heat now and they like 
I think. I don't know if I have this. Oh, they turn him over. So now he's face down again. Cause something about like the blood and gravity being on certain sides of the body. Who cares? Whatever. So they're heating up the car and Ravi comes back with like cleaning supplies and a vacuum. And Pip's like, we're going to leave the pool of blood as is like where she like hammered him in the head, but we're going to wipe down everything else that like either of them could have possibly touched. So it's like super extensive, but it's like the thing she knocked over, the um, screw she tried to get out from behind her when she was taped up, everything in the toolbox, the broken window, like it really goes into it. So then they go back to Jason's body, flip him over again, take him outside. (laughs) Like this is so stupid. He's wrapped in a tarp. Pip puts on like a bunch of socks so she can fit Max's shoes puts on his hoodie and the hat over her hat and then drags Jason's body into the woods, still in the tarp. So there's like footprints that are Max's shoes. And the chapter ends with Pip's dragging a dead body. Like she didn't already murder this dude by like super overkill with a hammer. Chapter 42. (laughs) So Pip drags the body into the woods while Robbie's vacuuming every inch of the car. She went about 50 feet into the woodland and left him by a tree. Okay, so is anyone believing that Pip, who's like 18 and probably my size, is dragging a grown man 50 feet through woods on a tarp? Not happening. It's not happening. She's She can't do that by herself. In shoes that don't fit. And then we're going to say that he went like super extensively to cover all this up, like if Max did this, but he's just going to drab the body into the woods and like barely cover it and then like not even like bury it or something like nothing makes sense nothing's going to make sense for the next hour so anyway pip talks about now how she's like haunted by jason's face along with the gunshots and the blood on her hands whatever whatever who cares she places max's hair from the sandwich bag um one on jason's hand so like he already is like kind of in rigor so she's like tucking it in so it's like in his hand i guess and then she puts one under the collar of his shirt and one under his fingernail which that looks so staged but okay so she walks back to the storeroom or whatever and she like steps around because there's mud on her shoes and she steps in the blood and puts the remaining like hair she has from the max into the pool of blood like this is so obvious so then ravi this is like also very extensive but Ravi siphons gas out of the lawnmowers and then they start like splashing it everywhere and they splash it on Jason's car but they like keep the pool of blood intact so they can find like the theory is the fire is going to bring police or whatever there and then they're gonna see this blood and then they're gonna look for a body I guess so anyway they light everything on fire spoiler alert obviously and then they get into Max's car and Ravi lays down on the floor in the back and Pip dressed as Max drives home on the highway with cameras, whatever, whatever. And she's leaving traces of blood on the pedals because she's still wearing the shoes and they can hear like the building exploding, essentially like the six gunshots. Sigh. Chapter 43. They pull into Max's driveway and, and Pip goes into the house. Max is still passed out, obviously. She takes 
Max's sleeve of his sweatshirt. Oh, I like kind of forgot to mention this, but she like dipped it in the pool of blood. So she's going to like wash it off in the sink, pretending like him. And then she's going to throw it in the bottom of his laundry. And then she also puts his shoes in the back of his closet and like covers those up. And she says like, that's more so Max doesn't find them. But like, whatever. He would hide them too if he actually did this. So then she cleans out the water bottle that he was drinking out of and refills it so there's no traces of drugs then she goes around and sneaks and pulls the duct tape off of all the cameras before she leaves because she had like snuck around and put those on earlier obviously so she sneaks back into her house cries for a moment but she still has things to do so she takes a bucket of bleach from before because she put like her sweatshirt her tennis shoes her sports bra in a bucket put the toilet cleaner or whatever in it So that's been sitting in her closet. So she takes that stuff, drains it into the shower. So then she just has like the clothes without the liquid. And she takes everything out of her backpack that they use. So like there's a list on 362. I'm not going to read it, but like if you want to look it up. But it's like the gloves, the duct tape from Max's house, um, like any of their cleaning stuff, any of the clothes she wore, like all that, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? So Pip cuts everything into these super tiny squares And then she spends the rest of the night flushing handfuls down each toilet, one upstairs, one downstairs, skipping the squeaky step. So, like, she literally is taking, like, three or four pieces, and then she's going to the toilet and flushing it, and then going to the downstairs one and flushing it. But she's doing it because, like, she doesn't want to clog the toilet, but, like, since it's a public sewer system, it can't be traced back to her. Whatever. This part's super long, and it takes her, like, two hours. But now it's 6 a.m. So, during all this... She's, like, going over what's probably happening in green scene. They're probably pulling up. The coroner's probably checking the body. Blah, blah, blah. Read for yourself. Who cares? A lot of this section is just repeating stuff we've already, like, gone through and being like, this is why this would work. Don't worry. There's no loopholes. This is why this would work. So, anyways, it's 7.45. Pip had just crawled into bed. She hears her parents' alarm goes off, go off or whatever, and she's done flushing everything. So her mom comes in and is like, your room smells like bleach, and then immediately assumes that Pip is sick, which is so freaking weird to me. But like, I guess the idea is that she threw up in the bucket, didn't like the smell of the puke, so then she took the toilet cleaner bleach, whatever. Her mom says, fine, this all makes sense to me. So then the mom also mentions, well, your brother heard the toilet going all night. And Pip's like, yeah, like, both ends whatever i was alternating toilets but like still she probably flushed that toilet 500 times like when they see their water bill they're gonna be like there's a hole in your story lady so anyways pip's like well i'm sick i'm gonna stay home while you guys all go to Adventureland. obviously the dad checks on her and tells her that she loves him and or she tells him because she almost died and blah 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 she loves her family now who cares we get it so she also tells her parents at some point that she had lost her phone. I can't remember if she tells him at this part or like when she first comes home at night from being with Kara or whatever. But they're like, oh, we'll call you on the landline later because everyone has a freaking landline. Weird. So after they leave, Pip destroys. Oh, yeah. So like she flushed everything. But the only thing she didn't destroy was her sneakers, the burner phones, the SIM cards. I think that's it. So anyways, so she goes into the garage. She takes a drill starts drilling through the sim cards and the burner phones and i also think she like cuts up her shoes i can't quite remember so anyways she puts them all in separate bags dumps them in separate trash cans outside she's like walking around the neighborhood looking like a nightmare no one notices she goes to different houses one of them's like howie's old house puts the stuff in she's like trash is coming on tuesday it's sunday we'll be fine 
Will we, though? I mean, she is. Like, spoiler alert. No one goes through the freaking trash. But, like, it still seems so, like, stupid, bizarre to me. So, anyways. So, now she just has to sit and wait for the news about Jason being dead coming out. But she, like, can't Google it because that would be suspicious or whatever. So, she finally goes to sleep. Chapter 44. So, Pip's listening to the news in the background pretty much nonstop, like, on the radio. No information comes out Monday and Tuesday. Mentioned that the trash gets picked up, so she's all good there. Wednesday morning, Pip's mom wakes her up. is like making her breakfast. And Pip's mom gets a text from a coworker who tells her, like, turn on the news. So Pip's, like, playing it cool. And she's like, oh, I wonder what it is. Let me just, like, walk into the family room. And there's a news report on page 374, which I'm going to read. I'm pretty sure I put a post-it. I mean, it's just going to recap what we already know, but... Okay. Breaking news. In Connecticut, a town that has had more than its fair share of tragedy, six years ago, two teenagers, Andy Bell and Sal Singh, died in what has since become one of the most talked about true crime cases in the country. And earlier this year, a man confirmed to have been Child Brunswick, who has been living in Fairview under the name Stanley Forbes, was shot and killed. The suspect, Charlie Green, was only arrested and charged last week. And here we are now, this same small town, in the news again, with confirmation today from local police that resident Jason Bell, the father of Andy Bell, has been found dead. Police are treating this death as suspicious and gave a statement outside Fairview Police Station a short while ago. So, I hope you like my news reporter voice. Basically, it's like the police, what is the word I'm looking for? The, um like press conference and then they're like it looks like foul play and then pips in her head like yeah he was hit on the head with a hammer like she goes over everything we already know and then the mom's like oh it's so terrible jason was murdered or whatever and then she looks at pip and she's like no and the pip's like oh my god she knows i did it she knows i'm a murderer and pip's mom's like i know that look you want to investigate this and pip's like yep that's something i would normally do guess i'm gonna like investigate this so then she welcomes us to a good girl's guide to murder season three who killed jason bell because that's not obvious chapter 45 she's listening to who she recorded which because like she's working on the new season or whatever it's jackie she works at the cafe that Kara works at she's like the owner and they bleep out max's name but like she's trying to leave lead the detectives in that direction so there's like a section that says teaser for a good girl's guide to murder season three who killed jason bell so it's like clips from the news caster about finding jason which is like somewhat what i read and then there's clips from detective hawkins during the interview it says everything you think there was a fire blah 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 it's suspicious then pip says someone killed him and i'm gonna figure it out or whatever and she plays a clip from her interview with jackie and jackie's basically describing how Jason came in and then someone confronted him, which we know is Max because that was earlier in the book, but they like bleep out his name. She's like, the altercation was quite violent and angry. I'm not accusing anyone, but there is like bad blood, which like throw back to the second book title. And then she's like, well, there's bad blood because of what he did to Jason's daughter, Becca, even though he wasn't convicted. So like, obviously we know we're talking about Max. So she ends the clip with Detective Hawkins promising to find Jason's killer. And so does Pip. It's her, but whatever. Chapter 46. So Pip gets a phone call from Detective Hawkins and he's trying to play it cool. And he's just like, let's do a voluntary interview, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, "Mm, am I been? Okay, I'll be there in an hour. So like, so Pip goes in for this interview and Detective Hawkins, uh, like recording the interview, which is normal for police stuff, whatever. 
and he talks about Pip's trailer for her podcast, and she's like pretty snarky. She's like, well, I've solved two crimes for you in the past, so even though one of them wasn't a crime, but well, that's neither here nor there. You know, whatever, so you need me here to solve this too? And he's like, brings up the interview with Jackie, and he's like, I also interviewed her, blah, 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 and then he's like, you know you can't interfere with a case that's got you in trouble last time, et cetera, et cetera. So Pip says that, like, Max has a lot of enemies, and Hawkins points out, like, well, he's one of your enemies, isn't it? Like, whatever. And he brings up the lawsuit between them. And then Hawkins is like, uh, it's pretty interesting that you decided to settle the lawsuit because that's, like, so not in your personality. Like, you never let anything go and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, also, like, why do you call the lawyer so late to agree to take the settlement? And she's like, well, he told me to call any time and I didn't want to wait till Monday morning. And it's like, he, whatever. She thinks she's so clever. I think it's dumb. Anyways, Detective Hawkins asks, like, how well do you know Jason? And she's like, well, I know a lot of about him but I don't know him super well personally because like obviously she researched like the Andy Bell situation blah 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 so Hawkins asks if Pip had any recent contact with Jason and she's like well we haven't spoken in months must have been the memorial for Andy and Sal which is like super dumb because when she asked him about the green scene stuff like earlier in the book it literally says that Jason's wife Dawn was like there and leaving the house so she saw Pip like walking out of the house so like I don't know why she lies about that like I get why she lies about it because she's trying to like separate herself from it but also it's a dumb lie so anyways oh (laughs) so we get back into this later but it's like supposedly she can't let detective hawkins know she's researching dt but also we're just gonna let a like an innocent man sit in jail like love that for him but we get into that later so hawking brings up that the phone pip called from like called the lawyer was not her own and she's like yeah that was Kara's landline i lost my cell phone whatever and i probably lost it while jogging and he's like oh that's weird but okay and then he's like where were you between 9 30 and midnight on saturday So, like, Pip's, like, super relieved because this means they push back the time of death. So, that's when they start, like, flipping the body over and stuff because she really killed him at, like, I don't know, seven or something. So, yes, they were successful in changing the time of death. And they go through, like, her alibi, the McDonald's and all that. And he's like, well, that's weird that you go to a McDonald's in a service plaza, which I'm pretty sure I said earlier. And she claims she's like, well, I knew it would be open. Okay. So, then gives her alibi and he's like okay i'm gonna go get a coffee and then while she's waiting uh pip's phone goes off and robbie's like how's your day going and it's like this super code for them to be like did we move the time of death so she sends a thumbs up which is like yeah we did aka my day is going good so no one can track it who cares like you will see why i'm like very like over it at this point when you find out like none of this matters so Hawkins comes back and he's like, okay, so you have this podcast, right? And, he, and she's like, yeah. And he's like, how do you record interviews? And she's like, well, I use like a microphone and whatever, whatever, headphones. And if it's over the phone, I do it this way. And he's like, oh, my nephew wants to start a podcast, whatever. And then he's like, okay, so what about your headphones? Like, do you use a special kind? Are they for everyday use? Do you use them like for just the podcast? What brand are they? What color are they? She's answering all these questions, whatever. So he all then he asks, he's like, so the name of your podcast is a good girl's guide to murder, right? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, and you haven't had contact with Jason since the memorial. And Pip's like, yeah. So Hawking's like, well, explain why your headphones that you use on a daily basis were found inside his home. <laughs> and she's like, well, zoot, which is a curse word in French. So 
He pulls out the evidence bag with her headphones that have a sticker on it that's A-G-G-G-T-M, A Good Girl's Guide to Murder, whatever, on them. And then he's like, these were found in Jason's house and she just admitted it on tape. So she's screwed. Chapter 47. So Pip is like reasonably freaking out about this. And originally she thought like maybe her brother had borrowed the headphones but and didn't think anything of it. But now she's realizing like Jason took them when he kidnapped her or whatever. Because when he put her in the car, he like ran back inside. So it's a trophy from his, what would have been his sixth victim or whatever. She looks at the headphones, confirms, yeah, these are mine. Hawking's like, well, why were these found in the top drawer of Jason's bedside table? And Pip's like, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen them lately. And he's like, what's lately or whatever. She like does not have an explanation, obviously. So she's panicking and says she needs to go because her mom's taking her shopping for college supplies because that's not suspicious but it's voluntary so she's able to leave so then when pip gets home she's like thinking about destroying her computers and she was researching dt and all that and she starts like crying while she's like unscrewing her computer and she's like i put everyone at risk i have to go confess i roll chapter 48 so ravi's upset and he's like you can't confess like we have an alibi you change the time of death why didn't you check your bag? He's like all madder, like a typical man. Like you, sh- you said you checked for everything. How dare you? Not worry that she murdered a man, just that she didn't check her bag for the headphones. So anyway, Pip's like, it's over. I'm giving up. I don't want everyone else to go down with me. I'm going to tell them everything about DT, even though they won't believe me. Why wouldn't they believe her? But anyway, she says like, I'll come over and say goodbye before she's talking to him on the phone. She's like, I'll come over and say goodbye. I'm going to have one more normal dinner before I confess. And she's like, I love you. And he's like, okay. And they hang up, whatever. Chapter 49. So this is a normal family dinner. Kill me. Pip's parents are like, Josh, eat your peas. And she's like, oh, look how normal my family is. I love them and I miss them. It's really annoying. But she talks about how she's never going to see them again. Whatever, whatever. I love you. Bye. Try not to be obvious as she leaves. Tells them she's got a podcast thing to do. So she's driving towards Robbie's house and thinking about everyone that she loves that she's never going to see again. Whatever. But there's no cars in his driveway. So she like knocks on the door till her knuckles bleed, which is super weird. No one answers. And she's like, well, maybe this is too hard for him. Like maybe he's mad at me, like whatever. So she goes to drive to the police station and Robbie's car comes up behind her and they like pull into this torn down gas station, whatever, start talking. Long story short, (sighs) Robbie went to the police station, told Detective Hawkins he borrowed Pip's headphones. I do that all the time or whatever because I'm a creepy older boyfriend. And he, I went to Jason's house to talk to him about a scholarship in Andy and Sal's name, and he didn't have time for it, blah, blah, blah. I must have accidentally left the headphones there. This apparently explains why the headphones were in Jason's bedside table. It's so stupid and whatever. So Pip's freaking out. She's like, now this directly involves you in the crime. And he's like, oh, I choose you. I choose you over. Who cares? They're in love like Romeo and Juliet. Go kill yourselves. I didn't mean it like that, but like, good lord. So anyway, um, <laughs> they can't lose each other. Detective Hawking believes him. They hold each other and Pip knows they're going to get away with it. Chapter 50. So this chapter starts with like Pip overhearing people around town talking about like how messed up this town is, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of stupid, whatever. So she gets a call from Nat on Wednesday and she's like, the police wanted to talk to me. They asked me about going to max's house and punching him because obviously max would have told them that and she said like i didn't do that why would i willingly put myself in a situation after what he did to me or whatever so they're like that's good enough for me and her alibi is her police officer brother who was like drunk and didn't know what time it was (sighs) 
I have to like take a breath because holy crap. So anyways, they also, oh, like also assumes that like everyone she involved now that it's out, like assumes it has to do with Jason's death, which that's like real heavy for everyone too, but whatever. So Detective Hawkins also asked Kara and Naomi where they were that night. Obviously, they said the whole McDonald's thing gave the video and pictures and stuff, which still is like red flag about the tape on her face, but they don't bring that up at all. Then Pip tells her parents, I'm missing the first week of college. And they're like, what the heck? And she's like, well, there's not even classes and I'd just be getting drunk anyway. And I have to see this through. So like, it's all dumb. Basically, she just wants to like keep pushing the police towards Max whatever so she uploads the first episode of season three who killed jason bell chapter 51 so pips out for a run like she normally does which you think you'd stop running after you got abducted on one of them but anyways there's police outside max's house and there's like a forensic team removing things from the home max's parents are like furious but the police have a search warrant whatever and pip leaves because she doesn't want to seem like like, she doesn't want police to be like, why is Pip standing out here? That's weird. Then she, like, goes over in her head, like, all the evidence she planted. So she's like, they're probably taking out the shoes and the sweater shirt and blah, 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 blah. Who cares? So then the chapter ends with an email from Maria. And that's Billy's mom. So Billy's the one that was charged and accused of being, like, the DT killer or whatever. And Billy's mom's like, his case is under review. I know you've been busy. Thank you for believing in us. But I get why you can't help us or whatever, whatever. And she says, like, there was a new finding in the case, like DNA or a fingerprint or something. And, like, apparently before there was an unknown fingerprint at the second victim's crime scene. You would have thought they would have taken fingerprints from, like, everyone that worked at Green Scene back then. And you also would think, like, with how involved Jason is with the town and stuff, that at some point he would have had fingerprints done. But that's neither here nor there. So, like, innocent whatever project what is that called the innocent victim project whatever is working for billy like trying to get him the innocence project duh and she's just like updating pip on the whole thing chapter 52 so now pip feels guilty because she forgot about billy because she's so self-centered she couldn't have been like oh yeah there's an innocent person in freaking jail right now she's like none of this like had to happen i could have just kept walking through the woods i could have gone up to someone's house and been like jason attacked me and he's the dt killer and here's all this evidence but there was a fork in the path and she chose to murder him and like she says it's like so he wouldn't kill again blah 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 but like i'm convinced she in the back of her mind always wanted to take down max and she's like kind of psychotic so like whatever so pip then talks about like the trophies that dt had so like one is earrings that he that becca still wears one's a necklace that his wife don wears one's a hairbrush that she found in that photo when she took a picture of Andy's like day planner. And then the other two is like watching a ring, which either they found or she knows where they are. I can't like quite remember that. And she just kind of like glazes over it. But like she has evidence that he has all these things. Also, she has like the secret email account of Andy's letter thing that she never finished that she was going to send to the police. Pip's like, well, I got to change the password because I made it DT Killer 6 and now I'm going to make it Team Andy and Becca or whatever. And I'm like, can't you like track when passwords were last changed and stuff? Also, like Becca already knows that Pip tried to get into this account. She already knows about the account. And then she asked for the uh, security questions and stuff. We don't get into that. So whatever. So then Pip practices what she's going to tell Detective Hawking about it. She's like, I was researching blah, blah. 
whatever. Like, we know. We know what she researched. We read the first half of the book. But it goes, like, really into that. And I'm like, she could have just freaking done this in the first place. Like, why are we covering up a murder? Like, he legitimately attacked her. And I will get into more of this and, like, my lingering questions or whatever. But, like, holy cow, this makes everything so pointless. And I am so annoyed. So, like, Pip gets to the police station. And then, like, when she gets there, a squad car pulls out and, like... Daniel and his partner get out and Detective Hawkins and then they get Max out and he's handcuffed so he's under arrest and he sees Pip and he like breaks away from the police I guess and like shoves Pip against the wall and he's like yelling at her and he's like you did this somehow you did this and then Pip like whispers to him she's like you're lucky I didn't put you in the ground too I'm like there's like five billion you're at the police station there's five billion cops around and you're gonna like admit to a murder to his face so like Max starts freaking out and he's like whatever you be you did this blah 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 so they like pull him off or drag her back like she kind of like asks Daniel and he like confirms that they're charging him with murder or whatever so she talks to Daniel for a minute and she feels bad for him because like Jason used him not to mention she accused him of murder twice three times maybe she thought he was like DT what the heck Ugh. so anyways Daniel saw Jason as like a father figure and then that's why Daniel seems suspicious because like you remember back before they said like a young police officer was asking about DT well it was really Jason trying to get information about it through the police department so he's like using Daniel but Daniel had no idea whatever we're gonna full circle it who cares then Hawkins comes to talk to Pip and she's like well I know you're busy but I have information about DT and he's like okay give me a few minutes because like everything with Max or whatever But before he goes inside, he's like, I suppose if you were ever involved in anything like this, you know exactly how to get away with it. And then like Pip kind of laughs it off. She's like, I do listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. And then Hawking just walks off or whatever. We'll get into that in a minute. Chapter 53. So this turns into a whole spiral situation for Pip. And she's like, goes over what Hawking said to her. And she's like, he knows. He knows I killed him. He knows. That's why he said I got away with it. Blah, blah, blah. She hasn't alibi and the evidence is like super strong against max etc etc but like i guess when they were talking to he was like i'll come find you when i'm done like saying i'll come find you when i'm done with max i'll to talk about this dt stuff well now she's like saying that means i'll come find you when this max thing's done like i'll find you i know you did this so pip has to do one more plan and it just might kill her why why though <sighs> chapter 54 so Pip and Ravi are going for a walk in the woods, which I'm pretty sure is the same woods that his brother was murdered in and her dog, but we won't talk about that. So Pip's like, this is the last time we can be together. And Ravi's like, no, what are you talking about? And I'm about to put the derpy music I put from We Were Liars under this because it's just so stupid. But anyways, Pip explains that until the trial is over and Max is found guilty, they can't have anything to do with each other because if Max is not found guilty, the detective will go after her, which is like totally not how it works. It's not like OJ was found not guilty. So then we're just going to pin it on someone else randomly. Like that's not how that works. I'm throwing Italian hands. I'm so mad. So anyways, she's like, to keep Ravi safe, since he lied to the police about the headphones, he has to say that he did it under duress and he's afraid of Pip that she'll like come after him too, blah, 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 if Max is found not guilty. So they have to have like no contact when she goes off to college because then they won't, like they'll think that he really was in duress and then when she moved away or whatever, then 
he got away from her and he could probably throw her into a wood chipper. She's so tiny, but who cares? And I'm going to rant about this for like two years, it feels like. But anyways, Robbie's big old solution is just to get married because you can't like, what is the word? Like say things against each other in court or whatever if you're married. And she's like, well, that's stupid because they just put us both in. I don't, it's all stupid, but okay. But there's like also this theory that like if Max is found guilty, he'll never be overturned because that never happens. But like we find out either we already found out or we're going to find out Billy's gets overturned and like not to mention that Max is white and rich. So like the odds of like getting out wouldn't be that low and he already got away with other stuff. But anyways, they like agree to this and Robbie's like sobbing and she leaves him on his knees in the woods. <sighs> Chapter 55. J83. So Pip's away at college, avoiding pretty much everyone, like making excuses, like she didn't go back for Thanksgiving, like she doesn't want to be around her family. She doesn't want the police to think that they had anything to do with anything, whatever. So the news of Jason Bell being DT killer finally broke. And he also was apparently the South Shore stalker, which was like a rapist in the area from like 1992 to 96. Not sure. That's never brought up ever, but okay. And 96 was the year that Andy was born, so, like, that's, like, a reason he stopped or whatever. I kind of wish they would have brought this back to, like, that unknown girl that she originally was researching that doesn't matter, but anyway. Then she talks about how she's basically missing her family. Oh, by the way, before I get into that, so that's when, so, like, obviously he's found guilty as DT, so obviously, uh, what's his face? Billy is let off. That goes without being said, but whatever. So... She's missing her family and friends, but she has to keep them safe, blah, blah, blah. She's also speaking to fake Ravi like she did all last episode in her head, which I absolutely hate, as we all know. Then she hears police cars outside her house and they're getting louder and then they and they're coming for her and they know and then they get quieter and they go away and they're not coming for her. Who cares? Then it says one year, seven months and 28 days later, day 694. And then this is all it says on the page. It says three minutes after the verdict was read in the state of Connecticut versus Max Hastings. And then it's like a text message and it says, hey, Sarge, remember me. So obviously that's Robbie. And then it's just like the little dot, dot, dot typing from Pip. And then it says the end. So we're going to assume that Max was found guilty of something he didn't do. And then they can get back together because they just waited around for each other because they're soulmates. The end. I have thoughts and opinions, y'all. My thing literally says lingering questions slash frustrations. Oh my gosh. Okay. So was this all pointless? Like, was this all pointless? Like, first of all, I already mentioned that Max is like rich. It could possibly get overturned. So like, what was the point of not talking to Robbie and everyone else involved? Like, even if he was found not guilty, it does not mean they would come after her. That was like her own messed up brain that told her that. But anyway... So she goes and tells the truth, correct? Like about, she's like information DT or whatever. She could have done that from the get-go. She could have been like, he abducted me. Look at my wrist. It's got the marks on it. Look at my face. Go to green scene. Go see where he tied me up. He told me that this is where he took the other girls before the murders. He has like, whatever. She could have literally just told the truth. And then like worst case scenario, they would have been like, well, you attacked him from behind. He was just unlocking a door that wasn't in self-defense. Guess what? He still abducted her and murdered like five other people and apparently was a serial rapist. So like she probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist because she put away a serial killer and she's a victim just because she freaking murdered him 
I think the court would have been like still self-defense. Like it was all super dumb. And then like I mentioned this a couple times, but like how did Hawkins not notice that her face was like so messed up from the duct tape? And then like my realistic theory is like maybe he did notice all these things and maybe he did have like suspicion that she killed Jason, but like maybe he didn't care. Maybe it's just like, okay, this monster's off the street. Max kind of sucks. And Pip, like, clearly has got her own, like, mess going on. So, like, maybe he's not worried about it. <sighs> so, I guess, like, my question is, what do you think of the book series? I, like, really liked the first book. I was kind of mad about the second book. And this book was super long and really annoying because I don't like when things, like, don't matter. And I get, like, the whole we're gonna cover it up we have to get max like the end blah 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 i don't get why she had to lie there's not like a good enough reason for me to say she had to lie about this like why wouldn't the police believe her but then they do believe her when she talks about dt later on and leaves out the fact that he literally attacked her and she had proof of it two like <sighs> this book was just really long like honestly it was just really long i don't even know what else. i didn't i don't even know what two is still what are we reading next holy cow You'll be the death of me, friends to the end, by Karen M. McManus. So we all know how I love Karen M. McManus. So should I read this in typical dramatic fashion? Ivy, Mateo, and Cal used to be close. Now all they have in common is Carlton High and the beginning of a very bad day. Type A Ivy lost a student council election to the class clown and now has to face the school humiliated. Heartthrob Mateo is burned out. He's been working two jobs since his family business failed. An outsider, Cal, just got stood up, dot, 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 again. So when Cal pulls into campus late for class and runs into Ivy and Mateo, it seems like the perfect opportunity to turn a bad day around. They'll ditch and go into the city, just the three of them like old times, except they barely left the parking lot before they run out of things to say, dot, 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 dot again until they spot another Carlton High student skipping school and follow him to the scene of his own murder. In one chance move, their day turns from dull to deadly, and it's about to get worse. It turns out Ivy, Mateo, and Cal still have some things in common. They all have a connection to the dead kid, and they're all hiding something. Now they're wondering, could it be that their chance reconnection wasn't by chance after all? Dun dun dun! So anyway, <laughs> that was like a super extra dramatic reading. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll get that started. And then like, let me know if you guys have any more requests, whatever. Let me know what you thought about this book. Let me know if you've read that book and I will see you next time. I don't have my closing written out. So we're going to just wing it in closing. Thanks for listening. Um, follow me on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. I have a website, the Jolly Reader podcast. Please leave a review if you have Apple podcast helps other people find this podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, whatever. I don't know what else I usually say. Thanks for listening again. I appreciate all of you. I'm glad to be done with the series and I'm excited to get back on a more regular schedule. So thanks for always being committed to me. I love all of you. Off we go. Goodbye. Until we sail again, this has been the Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. We got to test the setting. Try this again. Hello. Am I too loud now? I don't like this weird echo thing I got going, but I don't know how to fix it. Okay. Am I being too loud? Oh my God, because I'm probably going to be amped by the end of this. This is my normal talking voice and I'm very amped. <laughs> okay, let's try it. Ah, okay.
So if you're watching the video, uh, you know it's really hard with a green screen, having green in your tattoos. Also, we have this little like situation right here. I'm not worried about it. We'll probably put some cool ta-da things, book cover. I don't know, right there. It's a work in progress. Okay, so I'm going to just do my intro. <laughs> and they're going to try to fl flame. This hair is going to bother me for forever. And I'm going to turn my mic down a little bit because I feel like it's like I'm screaming at you. Am I screaming at you? I'm going to be screaming by the end of this. But they pull up to this serva serva serva. Oh, my nose itches. He's wrapped in a chart. The la la. Sison Sisons? So then God. <laughs> if you can't tell how frustrated I am. Hold on. Let's do a voluntary uh did I say that right? Kara Kara whatever. So she's like, I have an evidence, like she has, blah, blah, blah. to keep Ravi safe, I have to lie to, the they have to, whatever, lie to the police about, or restart. Type A, Ivory, Ivy? Why did I say Ivory? I am Allie, and you were with me to my mom. 